Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. There have been many stories about Origin. On SEN, we're proud to bring you our homegrown Queensland Origin legends. The Untold Stories, proudly supported by Franklin. Hi, this is Scott Sattler and welcome to Origin Legends, the untold stories where we look into origin careers through the eyes of the players that didn't get the accolades of the Lewises, the Lockyers, the Langers and the Cam Smiths, but still played a pivotal role in the history of Queensland's state of origin. From game one in 1980, when Big Artie led his players into battle against the might of the Blues that night and that very image of the immortal Arthur Beetson gave hope to the future of Queensland Rugby League. The Untold Stories follows the players who wore the mighty maroon jumper with pride and distinction but never dominated the headlines like some of their teammates, but their story is still just as important. This is their story. And on this episode of Origin Legends, The Untold Stories, a man whose dad played in the first State of Origin in 1980. We spoke to Alan Smith last week, first 5'8 in State of Origin, and this man went on himself to not only win an NRL Grand Final but also represent Queensland in eight appearances from 1998 to 2000, and not a lot of father-sons get to play NRL, let alone State of Origin. This man can stake, take a stake to that claim. Welcome to the show, Martin Lung. How are you, bangers? Very well, mate. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thanks for joining us. Now, um, yeah, what we do on the show is we go across your origin career, but most importantly, bangers, and the listeners will hear me say the word bangers, which is, which means uh, I very rarely call Martin Lang Martin. Uh, but for the sake of the uh, the show, we will say, Martin, um, we like to talk about also your junior days, where you came from, your junior footy, uh, a little bit like myself, following your dad's uh, shadow and your footsteps, which sometimes can be a little bit battling, but also an exciting journey as well. Junior days, before we get to your origin career, what did your junior footy look like for Martin Lang? Look, I, um, I wasn't one of those children that started playing at the age of five or six. I was quite a tentative child, so I... Um Probably, I think um, I joined the East Macrobat Mountain Lions when I was eight. <laughs> or when I was seven. Lions. Yeah, when I was seven turning eight. And now the Macrobat Eagles, that's how long ago that was. But anyway, um, I joined that. Probably the first couple of seasons, I wouldn't have touched the ball or made a tackle. As I said, I was very tentative. Anyway, I, um, I love being around it. As you mentioned before with your father, I grew up around the football. And I, like, I think I like the idea of being a footballer. Uh, probably didn't so much... Uh, like what it took at that age anyway. But, yeah, look, I was – and I was a huge fan um, of the Brisbane Rugby League in the 80s and then when the Brisbane Broncos came in, um, I was probably 12. So then I um, – after being at Mount Cravat for uh, I think it would have been probably six or seven years, I went over and played at East Juniors under Des Morris. Mm. So he's probably uh, – he probably – apart from my father, single-handedly had the – probably had the biggest influence on my career. It's interesting. I, I mean – as a son of a, a former player that played at the highest level, I didn't start till I was 
12 or 13 myself. And I think our fathers tried to protect us first and foremost. So I was interested in playing, but was too busy playing soccer and other sports. But now you're a hard-running front rower in your career. I can attest to that as an opponent, as a teammate as well. But is it true you started out as a fullback? I did. And look, I'll be honest, I'm not sure why they put me back there. Maybe to keep me out of... Um... <laughs> Keep me out of the line of fire. Maybe my defence was so poor that they um, they put me back there. I mean, fullbacks back then in the junior days at East Melbourne aren't what they are at uh, at NRL level now, where, they, where they've got the spine and the um, and they participate so heavily in in the um, in, in the uh, in the attacking systems of the team. But look, I um, yeah, played fullback. Uh, I enjoyed that, and then um, I was gradually as I. Uh, Became older, I, I, I was moved up into the uh, forwards by Des into the second Did row. Did you just grow? Were you growing too much that you just became too big for the back? Yeah, oh, I don't know, man. I think it might have been that I just wasn't good enough to tell <laughs> the truth. So he thought he'd put me in the forwards. Um, but look, I was. At, at the age of, that was the age of, say, the 16, 17. I did start, I probably um, I had a bit of a growth spurt quite late for a teenager. And... Um, to give you an idea, I um I couldn't make my high school rugby league team. Really? Yeah, to give you that idea. And then within three years, I'm, I'm playing in the NRL. Within five years, I was playing State of Origin. So that just goes to show how, um I guess, my progress, it's, uh, you know, it's certainly, um, it, it improved at a great rate of knots. When did you realise your father, you know, when did you realise your father was, was a good form in a, a rugby league player, I should say? Did you get to an age where you thought, oh, my dad's actually pretty special? I did, probably back in the early 80s, or maybe mid-80s when dad was taking my brother and I to the state of origin. And I noticed, you know, when people that we didn't know were coming up to him mm. and, and getting a photo or asking for an autograph. Probably photos weren't so much of a big thing back then, but uh, before social media. But I think um, him signing autographs everywhere, I thought, gee, that's... Um, must have done something wrong well in the 70s before <laughs> did, you, I was did you watch the 1980 State of Origin game, the one and only game on the old VHS back when you were a kid? No, look, I would have been back in Sydney, so I didn't see the game. I would have been four at the time. But so. when you got older, did, did you Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Many, many, many reruns. Yeah. Yeah, it was a wonderful game. What's, what can you recall your dad telling you his memories of that game? Well, he, he basically still um, says that it, when they came in, um, they had no idea it was going to be as big as it was. They said it was just a at, – at, initially, um, Dad wasn't sure that he was going to be released to actually play in the game. Yeah, okay. But, um, yeah, as it had you – know, I, I think they realised when Artie Beetson was warm, warming up on the sideline and the amount of people who had turned up, and I think they underestimated how um, – the floggings that New South Wales yeah. dealt them in the 70s, how big an impact it had on the Queensland public. And they certainly um, – uh, you know, for state of origin, they voted with their feet in that mm. first game, didn't they? And it yeah. was just that they just said it was an enormous atmosphere. Unless you're there, it's very hard to describe. What age did you realise that NRL was possibly going to be an option for you or a possibility? Oh, I think as a young child, I mean, even in the 80s, I fantasised about the fact that, you know, it'd be good to be a, good to be a rugby league Was there player. a time in your teenage years when you thought, hang on a sec, I'll... Yeah, I'm getting a little probably, bit of interest here. Yeah, probably at, at probably at 16, 17. After I moved to the second row, I, I am um, I improved quite quickly. Um, kept growing, started training hard with the weights. Um, when I moved to Sydney, met a guy called Paul Graham and Harry Eden. So I started. They both took me under their wing, 
I, uh, is I that when your dad went to coach Cronulla? Ninety four. Ninety three. Ninety three. We moved down there at the end of ninety three. Okay. Yeah. So um, they were a huge influence. They really believed in me, and I um I just grace um, gradually moved through the grades. My first year at Cronulla in the Jersey Flag, I was injured most of the time, and then um I got picked in the Presidents Cup team in nineteen ninety five. Got player of the year there, and then just next year I was in reserve grade. Got well, player of the year there, and just worked my way up. Well, nineteen ninety six, you make your debut. You're twenty yeah. years of age. Mm. Twenty one in September. Mm. Was it everything you envisaged? NRL. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. It's um. It was funny. I um. We had a very successful uh, reserve grade side in nineteen ninety six, playing under Stuart Raper, and I um. I really enjoyed my time in reserve grade, playing some football with Gavin Jones and players like that who I idolised growing up, who had played for Queensland himself in the 80s. And, um, and Dad had obviously coached him in 1983 when they won the premiership at East in Brisbane. But um, I really enjoyed that year. And it's funny, we, uh, we went so much of the year undefeated. They ended up winning the um, premiership. But unfortunately, I couldn't participate because I, uh, I popped my shoulder in the first NRL semi-final against West. Mm. Tommy Radonikas coached uh, Western Suburbs. So it was um, it was a funny sort of year. But, yeah, I, I made my debut. So I think I played uh, three first-grade games at the end of uh, 1990. So who was that against, your debut? Roosters. Roosters and then Newcastle the next week. I popped my shoulder in that game and then played in the first semi-final. And obviously it was uh, Harvey Howard charged at me and it was, um, it was all over. Ro- any Roosters players or Newcastle players, those forwards stand out from your debut? Yeah, I think um, the Roosters, Terry Hermanson was a, a good player at the yeah. time. Very solid player. Uh, ran hard, tackled hard. Um, and also um, for Newcastle, obviously, Paul Harrigan. He's at, but, his, he's at his best then, wasn't he, he in 96? Was. He was. And I ran at him off the first half. As you and, would. Yeah, and he uh, straight at him. He belted <laughs> me. And, I, uh, and he, I got up and looked at him and he said, don't flatter yourself. <laughs> I'll never forget it. That's great. 1997 Super League, ARL Super League, and Sharks make the Super League grand final against the Brisbane Broncos. You missed that game. Is it due to injury or did you just miss selection? Injury. So, again, I popped my uh, shoulder in the first semi-final. You had problems with uh, your shoulders, didn't other, you, three Initially, that for, and never had another problem after that. You wore those Kepnick straps, braces, yeah. didn't so you? Basically, straps. basically, they um, prevented the shoulder dislocating, yep. subluxing. So, that was... Um, Look, that was heartbreaking because as, as a young player, I was 21, you never think you're going to – like, mm. here I am, I'm missing out on a grand final. I hadn't played Origin at that time. I thought, you know, the world was about to end. I wasn't playing. And I remember going up there, watching the game, just feeling completely left out of it. But it's it's funny, um, having a chat to my father at the time, he said, you've just got to put your head down and persevere. Injuries are part of the game. And there you go. I sort of – I got in, had the operation, trained hard. And by May, May of next year, I got picked for Queensland. Thanks to Gordon Tallis being suspended. Well, we're going to get to that in the next segment. Um, but playing at the Cronulla Sharks, and which provided a lot of origin players, didn't it? I mean, most notably Andrew Eddingshausen was the one that was picked each and every year. Yeah, and before that, Les Davidson. Yeah. Um, Danny Lee didn't play any origin, but he... Uh, Should have. Yeah, but played, I think he played a couple of interstate games in the tri-series for New South Wales yep. in the Super League uh, year. Um, yes, he had Les and Danny Lee and um, Jason Stevens was to obviously go on and play for New South Wales. We had a good group of players. David Peachy and co. Yeah. yeah, Sean Ryan played for New South Wales in the tri-series as well. So, um, yeah, there was a we had a really good team and that's why I think we were so 
Well, it's quite a consistent team in the late 90s, early 2000s anyway. We're going to get to that. 1998, you get mentioned as a possible debutant for Queensland. Uh, when Super League and the ARL, they join forces. They create the NRL. And we're going to get into that after the break when you debut for the Mighty Maroons. This is Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories with Marty Lang, proudly brought to you by Armour X by Franklin. Security screens with strength and look. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories. Yeah, welcome back. Scott Sattler here and Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories today, the life of Origin legend Marty Lang, who made his debut in, in 1998. It was a great series, the 1998 series. Um, and you made your debut, as you mentioned earlier on, on the back of Gordy Tallis's suspension that actually occurred on you in an NRL match. So what happened? Yeah, well, basically back in 1998, they used to pick the team um, – they would pick the origin teams and then you'd go out and play on the weekend. So they might pick them midweek. You'd go out and play on the weekend and then you'd, they'd all go into camp on the Sunday night and then play, I think it was 10 days from that, Wednesday week after that. But anyway, so I'm, um, I'm playing against the Brisbane Broncos. I'd been left out of the first origin team, which I sort of expected. I was, they were talking about potential selection, but I, um, given the players they had available, it didn't surprise me and I wasn't too disappointed. So... I've um, decided to run straight at Gordon Tallis down a short blind, and he—I uh, think he might have been there having a rest. You'd have to ask him. But anyway, I—he um, picked me up in a copybook tackle, great shoulder tackle, um, dumped me on my back, and then uh, came down on my forehead with the forearm. He used to do that quite a bit, didn't he? As soon yeah. as he'd finish off, he'd always come down with his forearm. Yeah, well, look, I'll be honest. The rest of my career, he never did it, and he—that was the first and only time he ever did it. But anyway, um, it's fortuitous uh, timing because. It resulted in him getting suspended and me being brought in to replace him. Can you remember how you got told, where you were and how you got told? Yeah, I was um, I was at mum and dad's having dinner and uh, Chris Close called me. On yeah. the Sunday night? Sunday afternoon, I think okay. it was. And then I, um, yeah, caught a taxi into a... Uh, Did your dad know? At Bondi. Did your dad already know being the coach of Cronulla? I don't think so. Okay. Well, he didn't let on. Yeah. I actually never asked him. So, okay. Yeah. But I don't think he did. I think Choppy just um, – well, see, at that stage, I wasn't definitely in. Gordon had to go to the judiciary. So it, was a, it wasn't an ideal preparation. Oh, so you were just getting brought in in case he got suspended. Yeah, but it was highly likely he was going to be suspended. They yep. knew it. But um, he went to the judiciary. So when I first went in, I mean, I wasn't – I still wasn't in the team. But I was brought in because, yeah. So you went said, from foe, as in playing against the Broncos and Gordy, to friend – because you're taking his position in the side. Did you hear from him after judiciary or did you ever end up talking to him about it? Yeah, yeah, no, we did. We did. No, as you can appreciate, um, his teammates, all the Broncos players, they're not backward at, <laughs> they backward at having a joke. So well, they certainly um, – but, look, I was welcomed as soon as I got into camp. Um, it was really good playing with, playing with players that I, um, as I said, grew up idolising. Well, we're going to mention some of those players, but – before we get you to comment, have a listen to this with Rabs calling the game, but most importantly, the Queensland team about to run out. Thank you, Ken. Good evening to you and good evening, Australia and overseas countries taking our first Harvey Norman State of Origin for 1998. We're currently in the Queensland dressing room and Alan Langer has been told to take them out to the players' uh, tunnel and there they are. Alan Langer playing his 28th Origin game 
and three times only has he captained Queensland. Very proud moment for him and a very interesting revelation to Darrell Eastlake that this may well be his last State of Origin series. Great names in that side. Of course, Alfie leading you out. You've got names like Langer, Walters, Lockyer was only young at that stage. You've got Benny Eikens, only young, great origin player. Shane Webke, Steve Ranoff, Gary Larson, Matty Singh, Jason Smith. Your first origin, you're coming in amongst all those players. Your head must be spinning. It's very surreal and, and quite nerve-wracking. Um, but look, I, one thing that does stick out to me, how Gary Larson was um, to me um, throughout the week, he was just very supportive and um, made me feel welcome right away. So, and, and rooming with Ben Eichen, he was great. But um, yeah, the, the, the bottom line is that the, the day before on the captain's run, I actually put down four or five balls. And as you know, I didn't drop a lot of mm. football. I didn't pass it a lot either. So it was, probably wasn't a great opportunity. But I hung on to it. I was so nervous. I put four or five down, and Wayne Bennett came up to me at the conclusion of that um, of that uh, captain's run and said, oh, "Are you okay?" I could see he was a bit concerned. "Are you worried?" Oh, "No, are you okay?" And I, I said, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> so anyway, I got back to the hotel and I was shattered. I called my father and I said, "I've just put down four or five balls. I think the coach thinks I'm going to do this tomorrow night. This is not good." Dad said, "You know what? Forget about all the um, all of the crap." Go out there. You've at least got one state of origin jersey now. Go out there. You've got one. We, afterwards, we'll frame it. Go out there and just do your best. Mm. You know what? It just took the pressure off. It just took the pressure off. Well, I've got one. I'm going to go out there and do my best. And I went out there and I, d- I didn't drop any. It just took the pressure right off me. And I think that was a that was a that um, probably a skill of Dad's. I suffered a fair bit of performance anxiety through my um, playing career, as you know. So it was um, – yeah, it was it was a timely piece of advice. Yeah, you're always very highly strung as a player, and I yeah. mean that. Um, I mean that with uh, the greatest amount of respect because you needed you needed feedback, didn't you? Mm. You'd like to have feedback to make sure that you were doing your role. Yeah, and look, I think and, and everything in the week had to go perfectly. So I mean, if we played on a Friday night, I was a sort of player where I only. Um, you know, I had two, two next two days of relaxation, and then I started getting um, anxious and nervous about mm. the um, the coming game. So it made it. I guess it made it quite difficult to um, fully enjoy my career, unfortunately. So, yeah. Elf and Kevy and Camp, they relax the atmosphere a little bit. Probably maybe not for you, but for everyone else around you. Yeah, they did. But I think for me, I was just, I just spent the whole time intimidated. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Sort of, Webke and co. And yeah, well, maybe not so much uh, Webke and co, because he was a similar age to me. But those players that I'd uh, grown up watching yeah. on television, I just, people say you're part of the team, but you just don't become. I idolise those guys. It just um, you don't become mates with them after five minutes, mm. and I didn't feel like a mate either because at no, no fault of theirs, but I just didn't feel like I belonged initially. But obviously, getting the first game out of the road and playing reasonably well, I felt more comfortable going into camp in the second game. Now, everybody had confidence. Yeah, in exactly. The job. When you take the field for your, and we're going to get to some highlights of that game, but when you take the teal the field, you come off the bench for for your first hit up or your first involvement. That first five or ten minutes in your debut, what stands out straight away when you think back? Probably the speed. Uh, and, I, and I'll be honest, I got out there. As soon as I had a hit up, I was the sort of player where the nerves dissipated. But it was more the speed of the game. And just, it, look, I was probably used to being hit hard on a regular basis <laughs> from club football. So that wasn't uh, foreign to me. But back then you had um, Rodney Howe at the top of his game as well. And, um for Paul different Harrigan, reasons. For different reasons. <laughs> that was last of those games he played in a while. But anyway, it was um, 
Uh, Paul Harrigan, yep. Dean Pay, such a good team. Stephen Menzies, Joey, yeah, mm. it's just such a good team. Laurie Daly, they had they had talent all across the park, and it was um, it was a tough game, but one I thoroughly enjoyed. Now, game one, and I think it's one of the great moments in Origin history. I think it typifies what Queensland has always tried to represent as a play. It's the seventy third minute, New South Wales leading nineteen eighteen. Across for Darren Smith. Able to get it away. Ben Aiken. Aiken. Tackle number five has been made. Menzies again. Langer. Walters. Grubbing kick. Wishart. Clean. Comfortable. Now he's away. Wishart. He's over the 40 metre line. Martin Langer's after him. Matt Singh runs him down. What about Martin Lang? Staying with Rod Wishart as the Blues keep the ball alive. McDougal. McDougal now. Yeah, the chase in your debut. You made your chase down Rod Wishart, who's one of the game's premier wingers at that stage. Signature moment in State of Origin, but for your debut, I mean, your fullback days probably came back to, to assist you then. But, yeah, individually, you must look back at that and say, well, I was a player that never gave up my whole career, and here's, a, here's an example why. Yeah, look, it was, it was a wonderful moment, especially to have a... Um, I guess a moment like that to stand out in my first game, a little bit like what you did, except you actually caught him in the grand final. But I mean, it was—I um, actually never got—I um, actually never caught uh, Rod Wishart. I sort of corralled him in towards um, Matt Singh, who uh, came across in cover and, and took him. But look, it was—I um, think at the time, even out there, I, it wasn't—I didn't think I'd really done anything special. I just—I I just chased the. Just chased the guy and, and, and didn't, uh, which didn't result in a tackle. But it wasn't until I came off the field that everybody was uh, talking about it. And I still didn't think there was a lot to it. Yeah, well, I sort of a, saw the replay and heard the commentary. Well, it's a huge moment. And Rab's called it beautifully, like he always, he always did. Um, but a front row, uh, an effort like that, no one expects it. It's a huge moment in the context of the game. New South Wales score later on, 23-18. And with a minute remaining, this happens in your debut. away again and to ground on the 20 metre line is Lockyer. Queensland, they will not lie down. It's with Langer again. He's 15 metres out from the line. Lockyer is put down. Now they're 11 metres out from the line. Langer, a sloppy play the ball. Now it's with Jason Smith. He holds the pass up and here's Walters getting it away. They're over again. Queensland are in and the try scorer is Tony Carroll, well, what a game of rugby league. They're behind by a point, and Lockyer can win the game for them. Oh, he'll win the game for them. Don't worry about that. And he did. Darren Lockyer kicks for the goal from in front to win the game 24-23. And as the try is scored, it pans to both you and Choppy Close hugging on the sideline. Not a bad debut. That was good. As I said, mate, in all honesty, I was, I was happy to get through the game without making any mistakes. But then, look, to get the win as well, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was a fairy tale, really. Now, Rab's calling. Do, do you appreciate Rab's even more now that he's retired that he gets to commentate you playing rugby league? It, yeah, it became a highlight, didn't it, as a player? It did. It did. And I think, um, look, he's had a wonderful career, and, and especially now with, you know, with just recent retirement. It's uh, I think m- I think most players would look back at at different uh, parts of their career in which he was commentating w- with fond memories. Let's take a break as we look into one of the our origin legends, the untold stories, Marty Lang. Um, Rex, thank you very much. By Franklin security screens with strength 
And look, don't go anywhere. Up next, we're going to talk about 1998, 1999, 2000, out of your eight state of origins and being a father-son and how much that means to you as well. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories. Yeah, now I guess it's hard running, tough front row. Martin Lang played eight origins from 1998 down to two, through to 2000, I should say, is our guest here uh, today. Now, Bangers, you, you missed game three of the 98 series. You won game one, lost game two, Queensland, New South Wales, going into the decider. What happened in the decider? Were you left out? I was left out. I left just wasn't out. selected. Okay. So basically, I think um, from memory, they brought back Andrew G. Yes. It was getting towards probably the end of his career. And Talis came back as well, yeah. didn't he, game well, two? Well, he was back in yeah. game two. He was already there, but they brought back Andrew G. And I think um, Brad Thorne was another one that didn't play in the first game that came in in the second game. So I think I was – I think I performed – my performance wasn't too bad in the second game, but they decided to bring back some experience in Andrew G. And he obviously did a good job because they had a um, on the series. Win. Were yeah. you disappointed missing yeah. out on the third yeah. one? Most yeah, certainly I was. Um, but at the same time, um, sort of very satisfied that I, I'd managed to make my debut. But yeah, for sure, the third game, and especially when they went on and won. But it probably just um, probably drove me more to. Um, Finish that season off well, yeah, um, and, and start the '99 well, and get back into the team. Who told you? Do you win? Did you get the call from Rod Morris? Sorry, Desi Morris, the Queensland selector, or can you remember? No, no. I don't think anybody told me. Did you just I got left out of the side? Well, back then, it was just um, yeah, it was mm. generally announced on the radio. Yeah, and um, and the only reason I got the initial call from Choppy Close is because I was brought in to replace someone. Yeah, okay. So I think that was and he was what team we did manager, wasn't then. he? Yeah. yeah, well, that was what we did back then. You sort of sat around the radio, and when your name's not read <laughs> out, it's a bit of a hollow feeling. <laughs> now, you played all three games in a winning series in 99. The third game was a draw, wasn't it? Mm. Because you held the, the cup in... Retained it from 98. 98. Yeah. yeah. Then all three games in 2000. But in 2000, game through is 56-16. New South Wales won. It was a clean sweep that year. How much did that hurt, wearing a jersey and getting beaten by that much? Yeah, it did. Um, it was embarrassing and it was, it was a terrible feeling. But look, um, one you sort of, you know, I, I think collectively we just we just didn't play well as a team. When we came up against a red hot New South Wales side with Ryan Girdler and some of those players at the top of their game, so that's um, as you've seen in Origin in recent years, scores can mm. um, was there a record score? It was yeah last year. So it can happen, and then teams can bounce back literally the next game. So if you're not on, um, that that's what Origin can do. They're not all close. But, um, again, as I said, um, poor Queensland performance and a red-hot New South Wales team results in a huge scoreline like that. Did you feel that that scoreline possibly stamped a lot of the Origin careers for players moving forward? Um, well, maybe it did for me because I never played another one, yeah. so, which was disappointing. Do you think your form was good enough in 01, 02, Oh, three to, to it was no worse than my form back yep. in the way I'd been playing at Cronulla anyway. So, and look, I was, um, 
Yeah, there was a few players that didn't uh, play again. Craig Greenhill was another one, mm-hmm. who's a good mate of mine. But look, it's um, I was quite bitter about that at the time. But you need to let that go, don't you? It's yeah. a sport, you know, and you get selected on people's opinions, and you've just got to um, roll with it. Mm. Now I spoke about being a father-son combination, not only playing in the National Rugby League, but also playing State of Origin. Very small list. Rogers family. Uh, the Morrises, Slippery Steve, of course, Josh and Brett, uh, Wayne and Mitchell Pierce, Craig and Dean Young, the Growths, and John and Martin Lang. How, how proud are you and your father that you can sit alongside that very elite group of father and sons that have played Origin? No, it's uh, it's a, look, it's a very proud moment and something they spoke about when I debuted. I mean, we were the first father son, obviously, um, to come through. The other players were after that, mm. and Rat, Rat and um. Matt Rogers and Steve, Steve played for New South Wales. Yeah. And Matt was for Queensland. So it was, um, look, it's it, it's still a very proud, um, still a very proud thing for me to be able to say. As I said, when I was growing up, nobody would have thought I would have gone on to play State of Origin. So it was, um, again, it was surreal, and it's quite surreal now. Did it? Was it as exciting at the time, or did you just basically take it in your stride? Was it until you retired you realised how big of a moment that is? Yeah, no, I realised it at the time. Yep. I never took anything for granted. I really appreciated it. I th- and I think I appreciate every little moment, every little good moment in my career because, as I said, th- through my teenage years, I couldn't make my high school football team. Mm. So when that's the case, you tend to uh, you enjoy all the little wins that come along at the elite level. Now your running style, fast, straight, upright. Uh, it's always said that, I've always said to a lot of people, when people used to say to me, oh, what about Martin Lang? How come he doesn't have a step or anything like that? And I'd say, well, hang on a sec. His last run was always as hard as his first run, and you've got to be able to hit him every time he is going to run the ball anywhere from 17 to 20, 21 times a game. If you're not going to hit him the same way you hit him the first time, you're going to lose the battle. So this is just some audio from your State of Origin debut. Just the Andrew Johns field goal now, the difference, though they're trailing three tries to two. Martin Lang, a short ball for Price. And he's beyond the 40-metre line to the halfway. Now, we never heard that much in your career, a pass. Now, I, I got to play with you. I saw you pass plenty of times because I used to be the one that used to always clap my hands and get you to pass the ball to me. But we never heard that much in your career. Did, did anyone always try and give you advice about how to change your running style to try and save yourself? Oh, I think, look at my father, and look, he, Dad probably mentioned it occasionally you need to put a little bit of variation to keep the, the defence in two minds, but Dad was, Dad was very much aware of, the, of my limitations as a player, and I think um, look, everybody has their role in the team, and I was, I was reasonably big, and I was fast, I had good leg speed, and I, um, and I was reasonably tough, so that, that, was, that was my forte. Um, and look, people said I, I ran with an upright style, I mean... My, I rarely got driven backwards. Mm. And that was because my body position was facing forward, but my head, I'd just run. That was just my running style, my head up out of the road. So basically, I think um, people would – or the media would – there was a narrative going around that, oh, he gets concussed a lot because of his running style. If anything, my head was further out of the road of the tackler yeah. than what somebody who ducked into the defensive line. So, look, it's that was the way I played. And I mean, it's um, – I think if I had of um, – if I had kidded myself that I was a ball player or, or tried to change too much up, I wouldn't have been in first grade. Um, I, w- I was not a player blessed with a lot of natural talent, and I um, so I made the most of what I had. Toughest opponent in Origin 
when you out of your eight games, is there a player that stands up that you just always knew there was always going to be a battle to try and get over the top of them, whether it was a back or a forward? You know what, Steve Menzies, because he had a low, hard tackling style. He had a good he, tackle technique, he didn't did. he? did, and mm. I didn't like running at players like that. I'd rather mm. run at a player with a chest on defence. I mean, Shane Webke and I played on the same team, but at club football, he was chest on. That didn't bother me. Paul Harrigan, um, Spud Carroll, th- th- those players didn't bother me, but it was the... It was the uh, it was the guy like Steve Menzies who had a great technique, would bend his back and mm. just chop you down at the waist. Um, leg speed does not help when you've been tackled <laughs> like that. <laughs> He's a great origin player, wasn't he, he Beaver? Was. Getting coached by your dad. Now, at Cronulla, then you went out to Penrith. You didn't follow him to Penrith like a lot of people may think. Roy Simmons, the great Roy Simmons, signed you and then Royce was let go at the end of 2001 and, and your father comes in for 2002. Difficult? to be coached by your dad or just something that you're used to, second nature? Um, yeah, second nature. I mean, that's all I knew apart from playing under Wayne Bennett and Mark Murray at representative level. I mean, it was um, – and I do think the fact that everybody at the time, at the club anyway, was – well, even at the time of the media, was aware that I went to Penrith first and then Royce was subsequently sacked and then Dad was brought in. It wasn't like I fired him out there or we sort of went as a package deal, so to speak. So – and by that stage, I was an established player, so mm. I, I don't think anybody questioned um, what I was doing there. Surprised you never got asked to coach Queensland, or was he asked to coach Queensland at any stage? Good question. I'm not sure. Um, he coached he, Australia in the Super League year. He did. He did. Yep. But whether he would have, um, but that was in the that was in the summer. That was in our summer, the yep. English winter, wasn't it? So I'm not sure that he would have thought he could juggle both jobs. I mean, mm. history suggests it's very hard to do. It's almost impossible to have um, coach successfully and at the NRL at the same time. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I only thought about this morning that you know when they were looking for coaches, as a simplified coach who kept a really simple game plan would have been perfect for Origin. What do you think? I could have played a few more Origins if he was coach. Is I'm not saying that at all. You're saying that. You're saying that Origin well, you, Legends. You, you, you may as well. <laughs> you may have as well. <laughs> yeah, Origin Legends: The Untold Stories with Marty Lang, proudly brought to you by Armorex by Franklin Security Screens with strengths and look, and we'll wrap it up uh, after the break. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories. You're welcome back. And today, we're looking at the life of Origin legend Marty Lang, who I've got to say, you don't usually do a lot of interviews, Marty. Through your, through your career, you weren't a player that that craved attention. You didn't go looking for interviews or and reporters and journalists generally knew that if they were going to come and talk to you, you they weren't going to get much out of you. Is that something that you're always conscious of? You didn't really want to do a lot of talking? Oh, look, probably for two-thirds of my career, I didn't speak to the media at all. And mm. Back then, though, it was a um, – journalists just had to accept that. But yeah. you wouldn't get away with that nowadays. Mm. It's stipulated in the contract that you must speak to the media, I think. So. Now, as, as we wrap up, uh, you won a comp in – 2003, the Penrith Panthers. You won two State of Origin series in only eight games, which is a, was amazing uh, to win two series um, in that period. Is Origin your greatest achievement, Marty, or is a premiership and Origin? Do they sit side by side or are they completely different in your career? No, I think um, for personal accolades, 
origin is um, mm. a great individual achievement, but for the greatest achievement in my sporting career was the premiership at Penrith because simply because they're so hard to win. I mean, I played eight state of origin games. I didn't win eight premierships. Mm. And that's, that's just, and I, um, I played in teams at Cronulla and Penrith. My last year at Penrith, we made the grand final qualifier, but um, were beaten by the Bulldogs who went on to beat the Roosters. But it's, um, I think I played in um, five grand final qualifiers in my career. So pretty much half, every second year, more than every second year, I was playing in a uh, grand final qualifier, but I only won one, and I happened to win the premiership from that year. So it's um, they're just, as you know, they're just so difficult to mm. win. So much has to go your way. Everyone needs to be in form. You have to have a good run with injuries. It's just, um, yeah, so difficult and very satisfying. The eight origins. When you returned back to club footy, did you feel as though that you were a, a better player in some way? I think probably a more confident player. Whether yeah. that made me a better player, um, probably hard for me to be the judge of that. Mm. But it's um, certainly a more confident player and sort of more comfortable within the NRL. But again, like I said before, I um, really suffered some uh, performance anxiety when I was playing. And that that was from the start to the end of my career. That never, um, that never really stopped. So it was just... Um, yeah, I, I never felt overly secure, which sort of drove me on. That's why probably inevitably that was why I was able to maintain a, a um, reasonable level of consistency because I was up for every game. Yeah. And it didn't take anything for granted. Your origin debut jersey, have you framed any of your jerseys or is it just the – have you framed just the debut yeah, jersey? just the debut jerseys framed. Yeah. Sit at home? Yeah, it's sitting at home behind some boxes at the moment, but it's um, it'll go back up on the wall one day maybe. What about your dad's? 80 jersey. Did he get that framed? He did, but I think my brother has that. Yeah. Is he the, I think Justin's got Is he the one. most popular brother or? Oh, yeah. The favourite? He's a younger one, yeah. <laughs> I think he's given dad less grief. <laughs> he's the good one. I remember talking to you, Marty, throughout your career and post-career and, and you always said the one greatest regret you had is that you never got to wear the green and gold. Is that something that's... I suppose, slowly evaporated out of, your, out of your memory or is it still something that you feel as though that was so close? Look, probably a little bit, um, but it even pops up. I've had this conversation with you before when they have kangaroo reunions. Yeah. I just would have loved to have played for Australia. But look, at the end of the day, I, um, I did my best and I simply wasn't good enough. I can't say it was, what was because the coach um, didn't like me. I mean, Bob Fulton was coaching during my career, Tim Sheens, Chris Anderson – um, yeah, I, I just, I think I, uh, I got as much as I could out of my ability anyway. So it was, um, I'd made the kangaroo train on squads, but where they'd pick a squad of sort of 30, 40 players, but, um, and you're in some pretty good, you're in some pretty good company too, weren't you? Oh the yeah. Webb, well, was hitting Webb, his Keith straps Bourne, and Stevens, Paul yeah, Harrigan, Harrigan, Lazarus at the start of my career. Carol, so yeah. Was, yeah. So really, really good players. So mm. again, it's, um, I'm certainly not bitter or disappointed about it, but I would have loved to have played for Australia. Standing for a national anthem yeah. at Wembley, even in Australia, wouldn't have mattered, would it? Man, I wouldn't have cared what I was standing for as long as I was out there <laughs> on the green and gold or where I, where I played. That wouldn't have bothered me. But um, anyway, as I said, I did my best and it wasn't good enough. Uh, well, you're plenty good enough. We know that. Uh, $30,000 was the origin fee. It's now down to $15,000, I should say, for to play one origin match. That's not per series. That's per match. Can you remember what you got paid? I can Five to play and an extra five if we won. So back in the late 90s. Oh, so you had a win bonus. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So back back then, so if you won three straight, you 
and say thirty thousand dollars. Not that it, not that we did that, but at thirty thousand deposit on the house, isn't it? Back in the late <laughs> in the late nineties. Yeah, you know, it's um, it was. Can you so, remember getting an envelope and opening it, and there's a check in it from the QRL, and you're thinking, you actually get paid to play this football, this rugby league. I know. I'd do it for free on you, bitumen you if I had to. You would. Yeah. You would. Well, you'd pay to play. That's the thing. Mm. Um, I guess that was coming into an era where it was um, the game was generating so much money and revenue through, um, uh, you know, through State of Origin and, and what they'd done in the years before. And it yeah. was just um, and look what it's uh, look what it's formed into now. Now, what are you doing now? You're living on the Gold Coast happily, uh, married. You got three kids. Yep. As well. How how old are they? Nineteen, eighteen, and sixteen. Wow. So yeah. And you've gone into study too, Marty, post-career. A I lot did, of study. Yeah, well. Um, you got a lot of letters after your name with a couple of other <laughs> letters about to go before your name. So. Yeah, well, I did a Bachelor of Biomedical and Exercise Science at Griffith University. And I um, did reasonably well, studied hard. Yep. And um, was able to uh, bypass the honours and masters and get straight into the PhD program at the University of Newcastle um, and in neuroscience uh, Degree. So essentially studying, you know, phenotyping of contact sport-induced traumatic brain injury and looking at uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy and probably um, and later on looking at some neuroimaging of um, mild traumatic brain injury. So, look, it's a real area of interest and um, it's uh, we'll see where it takes So is that, is that soon you'll be Dr. Martin Lang? I won't be calling myself Dr. Scott. Do you don't think you would call yourself? I think you'll have business cards and you'll have Dr. Martin Lang on them. Do you think? I think you will. I think you're wrong. (laughs) Now, you talk about uh, neuro and and head trauma. It's obviously a big focus in the game, the NRL and their approach to head trauma. Have you been asked at all to get involved because of your knowledge surrounding trauma and head and neck and spine and because you're a a former player that, that did suffer concussions like a lot of us players? Yeah, I mean, look, it's um, well. Firstly, I, I've had, I, I have had some, um, a couple of um, minor discussions with Andrew Abdo about it. Um, but look, as I said, I'm two thirds of the way through the PhD, so I'll worry about that when I, um, when I've completed the research. But it's, um, yeah, I suffered a lot of concussions, and as we're finding now, um, not only did I suffer a lot of concussions, but um, there's a lot of potential harm uh, incurred via subconcussive episodes, which are episodes where you're asymptomatic. So it's sort of, um, to, to that, it would have been, subconcussive would have been in the thousands. Yeah. So, uh, but look, can't, can't do anything about it now. Um, has it had an effect on me? If I, if I do have CTE, I'm asymptomatic at this stage and hopefully it stays that way. Excited around origin time? I am. Mm. Looking forward to a nice night on the couch with uh, Dominique and the dog. <laughs> um, yeah, Pocahontas. <laughs> That's true. The dog's name's Pocahontas. Yeah, listeners, Foxer. get that. One of the hard men has got his dog called Pocahontas. That is questionable. In its well, she wants best. to. She wants to get a, uh, another boxer. She wants to call the other one Pumpkin. So, <laughs> really, uh... hey <laughs> Marty, thanks for joining us on Origin Legends: The Untold Stories. Um, another great guest, another great story, and um, really, really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to to sit down and have a a really interesting discussion. So thanks very much. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. That's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories, proudly brought to you by Armorex, by Franklin, security screens with strength and looks. See you for our next edition. Proudly supported by Franklin, this is SEN's Queensland Origin Legends, the untold stories.
When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.